I want the fairy tale. I want the Prince Charming. She... <laughs> How do I put this? Isn't a fan of my kissing style. So we were boyfriend and girlfriend for about 12 hours. He's in a trash bin. He's non-recyclable. Catch you never. I love being in love. I love love. On today's exclusive episode of Where's Your Head At, we are talking to relationship coaches Hayley Michelle Andrews and her partner Sam. We will be diving into jealousy in relationships and moving from a monogamous relationship to an open one. Stay tuned. Where's Your Head At is a podcast that talks all things relationships, breakups, reality TV, trending shows, and everything in between. This is your new go-to destination for laughs, gossip, intimate details, advice, and much more. Okay, Anna, I think I've just shaken my hangover from the weekend. Your birthday <laughs> was amazing. It was awesome. There was It was on a boat. We were all white. There was a champagne tower. There was a dude playing a saxophone. And this is what I remember because I have been to some states, but this was... I was in some serious strife. I don't know how I didn't go overboard. <laughs> I know. To be honest, I was like, someone give Matt a dinghy because he looks like he's, he's got some sea legs on him. Oh, <laughs> Well, we went out afterwards and this is, you know, the telling of a good night. I obviously wanted to keep going. Genevieve had had enough, so she just got an Uber, went home. I woke up, came to, I don't even know what time. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Didn't have a cellular phone. I had my wallet. I just was lost as on a park bench, passed out, and I just had to walk down to Chapel Street, hailed a cab, got home, no keys, climbed to a window, passed out in bed. Jeez. So, you lost your phone. I did lose my phone. So, I was MIA off the socials, off my phone for about 48 hours till I got a new one. And that was actually quite healthy for me, I think. <laughs> the 24 hours. Yeah, yeah, it actually helped me a little bit. But how did you have, how did you find your party? Honestly, the first like hour was just kind of like getting everyone on board, making sure everything was as I wanted it to be, making sure everyone had drinks, was having a good time. And then as soon as the boat took off, we'd done the champagne tower. I kind of just took a big sigh of relief and was like, okay, now I can really have fun and party and relax. And I don't know, like Having a 30th birthday party, I'm so glad I did it. Like, it was everything I wanted it to be and some. And, yeah, I think it's just amazing having all of the close people in your life together all at once. Everyone's mingling, making new connections. Everyone was really living in the present. I asked people to not post that night and just post the next day. So people were less focused on social media, I guess, and just – really enjoying the night and it was so fun like I had the best night I remember that the boat took a while to take off and I didn't understand why I'm like oh we're all aboard can we break anchor let's take off (laughs) and um that was where I got into some serious strife that was when I just kept knocking back champagne (laughs) 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 and that was where it all turned it all went south yeah it all went south from there but I've got a funny story actually so the bar was right next to the women's toilets. Mm. So, I'm at the bar, you know, usually where I am getting another drink. And uh, Jen was trying to go to the bathroom, but it was locked. She's like, I'm busting, I'm busting. I'm like, all right, well, let's wait. So, I grab our drinks. We're standing there waiting. After I think about like 10, 20 minutes, the door opens and it's Anna 
in a whole new outfit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? And, she, and you had this big neon light with 30 above your head. And I was like, what's going on? <laughs> you had three outfit changes in one night. It was quite extraordinary. Tell me a bit about that. Yeah, I mean, it was very extreme, but I just thought I want a new outfit for every decade I've been alive. So three outfits for three decades. And yeah, it was fun. Like it took a little bit of help. So I had all my friends helping in the toilet, like changing my outfits and helping like one was a corset, like jumpsuit. So people were like strapping me into it. So it took a bit of manpower, but we got through it and it was fun. Like it was fun changing it up. I couldn't choose what outfit I wanted. So I was just like, fuck it. Let's just have all three. The neon sign on the head seems like a good idea because it was dark on the boat. And I mean, yeah. I would encourage anyone to <laughs> to have, have an outfit change because it makes it fun. Three curtain changes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And I so you alluded to something on our last episode when we were talking about your 30 tips before 30. You mentioned that you were getting a surprise and you're going to tell us later. Well, tell us now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So me, Michael, and one of my best friends, Sarah, went to the tattoo parlor and I got my first ever tattoo. Wow. Did it hurt? Where was it? (laughs) Where is it? It's in the inside of my arm. So it's a little star. It's for my Nana. When she passed away, I kept seeing a single star in the sky. And I think I just knew it was her when I was flying over to the UK. I was actually in the air and I remember looking out the window of the plane and there was so many stars in the sky, like hundreds And then I went to sleep for an hour and I woke up and I remember looking at the time, which actually ended up being the time that she passed away. And I pulled up the plane window cover and there was just one star in the sky all of a sudden. And I think in that moment, I just knew that she had passed. And from then on, I just kept constantly seeing a single star in the sky until my papa, her husband passed and then I never saw it again. And I'm sure I will see it again, but yeah, it just was pretty significant to me and just kind of made me like know that she was still there and still watching. So I decided to get that. That's really sweet, actually. I didn't realize that was the story. Yeah. Now that you've got the first tattoo, do you reckon there's more (laughs) coming? Because they say once you get the first one, they all come. Yeah, I mean, Michael was in there with me and he doesn't have any tattoos yet, but he was kind of like, oh, if we had more time, I'd definitely get a tattoo. And we have spoken about potentially getting couples tattoos. Oh, that's a big thing here. Uh, I know. I mean, Matt's already taken the plunge. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think like, I don't know, if maybe we were going to get married or something or engaged or whatever it is, like if there was like, an event in our relationship that happens, we might get one. But other than that, like, I don't really feel like that need and like desire to have more. Like, I really just wanted something really small, really simple. Like, it's in the inside of my arm. So it's not super noticeable. And yeah, I'm really happy with it. Watch this space. Anna and Michael <laughs> are going to Bali. Who knows what might happen on one of the drunken nights? Might stumble <laughs> in to a tattoo parlor and get initials. You had some great presents on the night as well. Do you want to tell us any of them? Yeah, well, let's talk about the present you got me. <laughs> Is that what you want me to say? I was just, I was just saying what Michael... Because, because it was really cute, Matt. Like... Honestly, to be honest, I was expecting Matt to get me nothing. Like I was thinking I might get a card and honestly, that would have been amazing. But Matt went above and beyond Matt and Jen. The first thing you got me, which I thought was super sentimental, very sweet, was you got me our first ever 
script that we did for Where's Your Head At? And you framed it. Yeah. And it was all rough and it was just like very raw. And I just love that because it is, it's such a nice, like in this podcast, like we've come such a long way. We have so many listeners now and we're super grateful for the community that we have. And it was a nice kind of like mark of how far we've come from that first very basic script that we first wrote. (laughs) I looked over it as I was printing it off and I was like, I should fix this to what our standard is now. (laughs) And then I was like, probably not. Let's just leave it how it is. And then the second thing that you guys got me was a beautiful Sarah and Sebastian necklace, which I'm obsessed with Sarah and Sebastian. It's a super fine necklace. It has a little M on it. So when I first opened it, I was like, is Matt getting me a necklace from Matt? And then I was like, oh, no, he's getting me one from Michael. And, um, maybe both of them. <laughs> maybe both of them. Yeah, so uh, that was all Jen. So thank you, Jen. Thank for that you, idea. Jen. Yeah, thank you for that idea. She got you and, and Jen bought herself one as well. She got one for Matthew and you for Michael. Yeah, cute. I love it. So thank you, guys. It was a very sweet gift. All right, so we have relationship coaches Haley and Sam back to talk about all things jealousy and moving and transitioning from a monogamous relationship into an open one. So stay tuned. So I've got to ask you guys, are you guys monogamous or are you in an open relationship? How does it work? Yeah, so Sam and I, for the last two years, we've been completely monogamous, completely devoted and this beautiful sacred container. And just recently, we've started to toy with the idea of possibly being open, but in a very sacred conscious container. And so for me personally, the desire for possibly another woman, I feel like that could be so healing for me to experience that. There's been a lot of feminine betrayal in my past like this life, many lifetimes, Mm. also maybe potential for another couple. We're not sure. We're kind of just like delving into all of this now. Absolutely. We're very, very open. I think this is the most powerful thing is when we talk about this conscious communication is just to be able to speak this truth. And, and like we've been speaking into recently, just because we speak about this doesn't mean it's something we have to do. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's just, it's about being, having the space and being able to speak openly and honestly. And it's something like for, for me has been a, a challenge my entire life because it, my, my fear was always hurting people mm. and hurting the ones I love. And so there were times where I didn't share that truth. And that was something that I've, I've spoken to recently where I'm like, I'm not sure if monogamy is my truth. Like, I'm not sure if that's how I think I am or how people are necessarily. I think everyone has their own choice. Mm, yeah. And so just being able to speak into that, mm. because it's like when we look at the feminine energy, again, when we speak about this, it's like the feminine desires love and connection above all else, whereas the masculine craves freedom and purpose. Mm-hmm. And sometimes monogamy can take away from that freedom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's something that I've spoken to. It's not necessarily us doing this or or being open, but it's the freedom of being able to speak that truth Mm. and be met in a space where that's received. Mm -hmm. And so it's it's definitely Mm. something where we're open to. Definitely open to exploring. And also like, I think we all love beauty. And I feel like in this society, it has been shunned to speak into finding something else beautiful or attractive. Mm. Like it is so healthy. Like if we see a beautiful woman, it's like, hey, that fucking woman is beautiful yeah and to not get triggered by that it's appreciating art it's appreciating art it's like we are all attracted to beauty yeah Yeah. absolutely and just because we're in a closed relationship in this closed container it doesn't mean that we 
we don't see that or notice that or maybe desire it sometimes. And mm. I think it's healthy to be able to speak into these things. Absolutely. Yeah. And again, it's like not suppressing, you know, it's not suppressing. It's only the, the, the negative only occurs when there's a suppression. So it's been able to speak your truth and then to be received in that, that space where it's like that just because, oh, I, I find that woman attractive doesn't mean I want to go and have sex with that woman. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's admiring it and mm-hmm. acknowledging that. Mm-hmm. And then maybe then, yeah, maybe then you're like, yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. You know? And then maybe she's like, those guys are fucking hot. You know? <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and there's so much power around that when we, and you know, this is something that we've experienced. So like speaking this truth yeah. and, and being in that container. And it's something that for me personally, I have a maybe a bit more experience with this in terms of love temples and really conscious connection. But it's like when we can express our sexuality in such a healthy way mm. and without jealousy and without fear, understanding that we, we are all one on the bigger scale of things. Mm-hmm. So how can we overcome this, these things that are coming up? Why are they coming up? And how can we really be in that mm-hmm. divine union, share that mm. sacred energy? And yeah. for us, a big one is because there's there's a lot of polyamorous couples out there and for us what we believe at our core is that this container has to be solid first Mm. and if Mm. there is a desire is it coming from an unmet need in within the relationship because if it is that's what needs attention first right Yeah. Yeah. So there are a lot of people out there playing in this realm that aren't in a sacred safe container to begin with. And they're look searching outward for something else to fulfill them that they're not getting in the relationship where Sam and I have been the last two years completely devoted to each other, to our growth. And we've gotten to this certain level where it's like, Hey, now we might be ready to let someone else into our sacred container. And it would be a very specific energy. Exactly. (laughs) Well, if you're you're looking for a couple, I think Anna and Michael <laughs> might be up for a, a little quadruple dance or whatever quad dance. I mean, I want to talk to you guys about, obviously you guys are both deeply in love with each other. It's very clear and just like you guys are a beautiful couple. It must be hard if you've been monogamous for the past two years and to now be shifting potentially, like I know nothing is certain, but if you guys were to be open, even just talking to you guys, like I think I can feel a lot of fear inside me bubbling over because it's just like, oh my God, you don't want to lose them. Like, can you talk more on that? Because yeah, I can definitely feel like the fear even within myself. We, we, mm. we definitely can oh yeah and and this is this is something again where it comes to this this the mindset of things and i'm not sure if you have attachment styles yep. at all yeah yeah so that the, you know the, the love addict and the love avoider and yep. and so it takes work to come to that space of, of really secure attachment yeah um, and, and i think before any of this discussion can even happen we have to be secure within ourselves yeah. i mean i mean sure you can still explore that avenue but it's potentially going to open a can of worms. So mm-hmm. it, it can be very healing. Yeah. Um, it, it can be, but for it to be really in that state of pleasure, I think it's mm-hmm. really important that we're doing the internal work first. Yeah. And we, we both know that from within each other. And I've, I've known that, you know, I've known that for a long time. Like it's like, it's kind of why we've just coming into this now into these conversations mm-hmm. and what it comes down to ultimately, it's a simple choice. It's a simple choice of love or fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Am I choosing love or am I choosing fear? My attachment style is anxious avoidant. And it's interesting hearing you say like 
we have to do the work to get to a secure attachment because I've always believed that I <laughs> can, can never get to an, a secure attachment. Like I'm like, oh, I, I could never possibly be secure in a relationship. Like that's too out of my comfort zone, I guess. How do people do that work to get to a secure attachment style, I guess is my question. Yeah. Huge, huge work. Like this is this is the core of a, a lot of what we do. And I mean, for some people, it can be easy, and others, it depends on that experience you've had in you know your whether you've experienced trauma around this. I'm coming from I was that in that space of the avoidant. Yeah, where that came from has been such a huge part of my healing journey. Mm. And so I think the first step to understand from from my perspective is that these challenges that we've faced in life, these things that have caused us pain are actually gifts. So these are actually gifts for us to dive into our emotions, into our healing, so we can come to that space of secure. Because our natural state is secure. Our natural state is love and joy. That is where we are. And then things have happened to us that take us away from that. But the depths that we've been taken away from that, the depths that we can feel our pain is equal to the depths we can feel our pleasure. Right. So once we can sort of reframe, and this is what it's, a, it's really about reframing these things that have happened to us. And sometimes they're, they're terrible. You know, sometimes they're, they're really, it's very hard to see it as a gift, but to understand there's always a silver lining to the cloud, no matter how dark it is. Mm-hmm. And For just sure. see, focusing on that silver mm-hmm. lining. Yeah. It's a deep journey, sister. It's deep. Yeah. It's it takes work. It doesn't just happen overnight. And there's there's not just this lifetime of trauma. There's past lifetimes of trauma and there's the collective. feminine betrayal, feminine yeah. wounding. There's there's a whole lot that's there. So yeah, to come to that secure attachment really takes a deep delve inwards. Yeah. It, there's it, no one, yeah. this is the way. And it's it's think, not linear. I think it's also understanding again that reframe of like the work doesn't have to be hard. The work can be fun. We can be vulnerable and we can say like, yeah, this is where I'm coming from. This is what I'm struggling with. And then we can find the joy in working together to heal those wounds. It doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be traumatic. So that there, and I think it's just about having that safe space and that container to do so. So it it really comes from first and foremost, being vulnerable, being Mm -hmm. vulnerable with ourselves and then being vulnerable with each other. Yeah, it's like bringing everything out of the shadows because like you mentioned before, what was coming up for you was fear, like maybe losing this love. And it's like actually speaking into that, like, hey, there's jealousy arising for me right now. So what is that jealousy actually showing me? What do I need to look at? What is underneath that? Yeah. As women, especially my love, there was a time in our life not long ago, 50 years ago, where we couldn't survive without a man. Right. We couldn't even have a bank account with our name on it. We Mm. needed a man to survive. So back then, every woman became our enemy because she was a threat to our survival. So this is what we're working on on a very deep level. This is what I thought of it like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of collective. Every single woman became a threat. She became your enemy. Mm. And this is what we're rewriting. Wow. This is what we're, we're breaking through. Yeah. And then it's the personal experiences that you have in in your life as well that come through that. And that's, and it's so beautiful to see, like knowing and understanding what 
you've experienced in life and where you've come from yeah. and to see how you've changed that. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know, it was still the jealousy it was still a, a challenge when, yeah. when, when we, Oh, when we first got together, I was like, fucking no one's coming near my man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's deep. It's deep. It's and when, deep. And, and, and like Sam said before, the woman's primal need is like love and connection. Yeah. So when we feel like there could be a threat there, of course that jealousy can come up. And how often are we actually speaking into that jealousy or how often are we like trying to push it away and shame it because that's not okay. Mm. You know, how transparent are you with your partner? Like actually feelings of jealousy are coming up for me right now. Yeah. Or is it just a projection of that jealousy? Yeah. And it's like, is that jealousy warranted? Like, you know, really being able to speak openly and honestly about that. Like, is that something like, are you actually here attracted to this woman and want her and not speaking that to me? Or, yeah. or is like, or is this something that I'm creating in my mind? Am I creating a story? Here? Yeah. When we come into that conscious communication around it, I mean, there'd be so many women that I feel like, Oh, Sam into that woman. And he's totally not, but I've created this whole story in my head. Yeah. Past experiences. I've been, been there. I've been there. Anna is very guilty of that. And every time she calls me and says something, I have to reassure her that like, yeah, she's just made it up in her own head. There's nothing to worry about. Yeah. This, this is this is powerful. This is where the conversation needs to be. Totally. This is what because we feel so alone in that, right? Like, how mm. often have you thought, like, I'm fucking psycho because I have these feelings. No one else has these feelings, and I'm so alone. <laughs> I always talk into this with my partner Michael, and like, you know, if I feel jealous, he's the first person to know about it. So it's not like I'm hiding I'm it. Second. I'm very open. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That second. second, yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it's interesting how we then also attract situations. Like there are times. Where we've been out and like I mean there is reason for you to be that way sometimes oh yeah women flock to him and I'm like and it's and it's not like get out my fucking sword (laughs) (laughs) um and it's like but it's literally it's not just like a you know coming over and having a look or but it's like there'll be girls and they just hang around all night yeah like yeah and we're kind of like seriously yeah but it's interesting how then that's been attracted as well because of the wounding yeah. yeah. And that's yeah. Like, and that's so beautiful to see how that shifted. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and now yeah. we're really able to speak into these conversations uh-huh. because of that healing that's happened. Yeah. So it is possible. It is absolutely possible. <laughs> it's a and journey. It's a work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a journey, but it's possible. And that and when we come to that space, it's where real deep love and true connection can come from because we can't love from fear. Thank you guys for listening to this exclusive content from Haley and Sam. We thought we'd give you a little bit extra because you guys were loving the first one. So there you go. Until next time, guys. Bye. Bye.